Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit BetOnline today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. I want to hear cannons! Tempo mode, dropping the throw, Winston out again, throws to the left, it's intercepted at the 35, outside the numbers to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, to the 25, to the 20, to the 15, 10, Mike Edwards, touchdown Tampa Bay, that's the dagger my friend. This is the big nasty, yeah big nasty, Hall of Fame, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother, you ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Twenty to eighteen, your final score from Pittsburgh. As the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall to three and three on the season. Tom Brady and the Bucks. Not able to do enough on the offensive side of the ball towards the end of that one, and they lose to Kenny Pickett slash Mitch Trubisky and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, I don't even really know what to say about that one. Um, All the way back on the season prediction show, I had talked about uh, how this could be a tough game for the Bucs, and I'm not going to bang my chest and say that, yeah, they lost, I was right, I saw this coming, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have always found a way to play the most boring football on the planet, and that's what we saw, except for Tampa Bay. Uh, it was a lot of bad football as well, but uh, 20 to 18 loss is not going to leave very many people happy. Evan, your thoughts on this week six matchup here as we uh, attempt to recap things here on the show. Yeah, well, you actually took the words out of my mouth because I was going to start off on the one positive note, which give you props that like you nailed that one. Like you really did. Like you said, you said, you know, each year the Bucks have a game where they are the better team, right? They're the more talented team, but they don't win. Last year it was Washington. The year before that it was Chicago. And, and you said that this would, game would be that way. Um, just, you know, uh, this is, I think John Leiter said it best, and I was even, he kind of took the words out of my mouth too. Uh, this is a bad football team right now. Um, right now you can't look and say that this is a good football team. You can't, they still may make the playoffs. I'm pretty confident that they're going to win the NFC South, but like, you can't say like, they're not going to win a playoff game playing like this. Like they're going to get demolished in the playoffs playing like this. So um, right now, this standard of play is is not to the standard that they set them for themselves for, for two years. Uh, This was a complete team loss. And we'll get into, you know, each the offense and the defense as the show goes on. But th- this was a, a complete team loss and it was everybody. Uh, when, when you lose a football game like this against an inferior team, an inferior team with a lot more injuries at key spots than you had. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can give really anybody props uh, besides Ryan Suckup, I guess, because he, he made all of his kicks. 
that's the only person that you can give props to because that's the only person that, that played well today. Yeah, 12 total points for Ryan Suckup on the day, including a make from, what was it, 54 yards? 54, yeah. He's yeah. got a good leg this year. Yeah, man, he, he really has been awesome so far. I think only one miss in the entire season, and that was the long attempt during uh, the Dallas game week one. But let's get into what... You know what really happened, I guess. Let's let's try and recap this. I feel like we should almost get out in front of this because we're going to have to address it at some point this week. And listen, this isn't so much a topic that we want to sit here and cover because we have said it before and we'll say it again. We're not going to spend too much time diving into the personal life of our starting quarterback, Tom Brady. But the fact of the matter is he missed a section of team walkthroughs, traveled separately after being in New York for uh, Robert, Robert Kraft's wedding on Friday night. People are going to be talking about that this week because I feel like as far as, you know, looking at the season as a whole, this was probably the roughest game Brady had under center today. Yeah, um, and I I don't, you know, I don't, it's a a walkthrough is a walkthrough. Um, I don't know how much that really impacted it, but like, I mean, nobody played well. Um, You know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and and sugarcoat it. Um, Everybody knows how I feel about Tom Brady, and typically I'll defend Tom Brady, but there's not any defending any player, especially on offense, Um, you know, in in the red zone, and you make three trips to the red zone, have three field goals. If one of those turns into a touchdown, this game is completely different, Uh, but you you can't do it. And, um, you know, against just a a pitiful defense that has played awful, and a defense that was ravaged with injury. And, and I mean, missing their entire starting secondary. There yeah. is no sugarcoating that when you're missing your safeties and all three of your starting corners, there's just no excuse. Mike Evans had a practice squad corner lined up for him for most of the game. Yeah, it's just it is. um, It is just inexcusable. And uh, there's this is probably the, the work to me. This is worse than the Washington one. This is worse than the Chicago one. This is bad. Like, like, like this is a bad, bad loss. And I think it's worse because you were waiting for the Bucks to kind of, all right, maybe this is the week that they just, you know, they, they take control and they beat a team by 20, you know, and, and that's a blowout. But I know blowouts don't always happen. And Pittsburgh got blown out last week. NFL teams aren't going to get blown out every single week. But when the Bucks were really kind of struggling for wins, right? Like Dallas, they were in control for most of the game. Uh, they still had their flaws there. New Orleans, though, like there, there was an up and down thing there. And even Atlanta last week, there was an up and down thing there. They, they have struggled to take control and full control of games. And you were looking to see that complete performance. And you thought, man, this is a one and four football team um, w- with a lot of injuries, a rookie quarterback. And just a quarterback and an offense and defense that have struggled. I mean, has struggled. They're on a four-game losing streak, and you come in here and then you just lay a complete egg. And it is, it is inexcusable. And you can't be considered a real threat in the NFC losing a game like that. So, I mean, for right now, no, the Bucks should not be considered a, a Super Bowl contender, playoff contender. That's different. Super Bowl contender, no, because you can't lose a game like that and be considered a, a Super Bowl contender. To me, this is this Pittsburgh team was worse than Washington last year, and they were worse than Chicago the year before. Like this Pittsburgh team is a bad football team that might have a top five pick, and you just had a chance to go four and two, and you threw it away. So it, it's inexcusable. On the offensive side of the ball for Tampa Bay, the quarterback Tom Brady, 25 for 40, 243 yards and a touchdown. I know I had said that this is one of the rougher games for Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. I think a big part of that is obviously the offensive line. They were under some pressure today, and the key to beating Tom Brady, regardless of if he's in a Bucs uniform or a Patriots uniform, you got to pressure the quarterback, and Pittsburgh was able to do that quite a bit today. 
an incredibly rough game for that interior offensive line. Just no push whatsoever. Luke Gedeke, Robert Hainsey, those guys were getting teed off on and, and Brady was getting hit. But where do you think things really started to fall apart on the offensive side of the ball? Because we can talk about execution and we can obviously get into the play calling as well because there's a lot of people with thoughts on that. But, I mean, leaving that first half, I didn't hate the play calling on the offensive side of the ball. I know a lot of people are going to give us some crap here uh, because we always seem to find a way to defend Byron Leftwich. And that's not what I'm doing because it wasn't his best game either. But that first quarter, I mean, I thought that second offensive drive was some of the best play calling that we have seen for Tampa Bay so far this season, especially because we kind of saw the debut of a, uh, a two running back look with Leonard Fournette and Rashad White both on the field at the same time. That led to some, uh, that led to some success moving the football. It led to success moving the football until you got to when, to when it really mattered. Um, right, right. Because you just you just couldn't once you got inside the red zone, you just couldn't do anything. And like I, you know, I almost don't care. Like if your play calling is garbage when it counts the most, when you're closer to the end zone, like w- what does it matter? You go with a quarterback sneak on a third and one, and don't get any push. And don't get me wrong, everybody, you know, you want to blame play calling and stuff like that. It's the play calling was terrible, and you know it is was terrible in this game. But also, it it's execution as well. Like it is execution. If some of those plays are executed a bit better, then some people aren't complaining about the play calling as much. It's just it goes hand in hand. But I, you do a, a quarterback sneak on a third and one, and get you get no push. That's execution, right? You get no push from your offensive line. Um, and then earlier, you have a second and goal. And you just, I mean, on the one inch line and you run the ball, Leonard Fournette and lose three yards and then ended up having to kick a field goal. Why is that not the time to run a quarterback sneak? Everybody was like, oh, you know, Brady might, you know, he might not want to do the quarterback sneak. They might have thrown that out. They clearly didn't because it happened there. So why was it not implemented on the goal line when you need to find a way to score touchdowns? This offense, the entire season, no matter what the game has been, they cannot score touchdowns inside the red zone. They just, they can't do it. Yeah. And a lot of people had brought up the thing with, um, you know, Brady and the quarterback sneak as well. We talked about it this week. Jenna Lane with ESPN had actually confirmed that she talked to the coaching staff and it was a decision on them. It wasn't Brady wanting to check into it. It was because this coaching staff did not want to allow 45 year old Tom Brady to do the sneak. Clearly they allowed him to do it this week, but I mean, who cares? You know what I mean? It was the one play that they needed to get the push on and they did not, but it seemed like an all too familiar sight where we saw this front seven of the Pittsburgh Steelers defense get in the backfield and just blow up a play. I mean, any run play inside handoff, whatever it may have been, there were more times than not that things were blown up behind the line of scrimmage. And you know why Brady sometimes has to take a check down when he actually has time because he's been having pressure on his face all, all every play. Like, I mean, Luke Gedeke, I could have gotten a sack off Luke Gedeke today. I, I don't know what – this was his worst game. I mean, this was easily his worst game. And he was – we we talked about it last week. He was bad last week. But but this game was easily worse. Cam Hayward, every single snap was just taking his lunch money. And it is just – it is brutal. Like, dude, like – I forgot Gedeke, the forgot the name of the big D tackle they've got. Is it Ogan Joby? Ogan Joby. I mean, just yeah, he had a career day. Because, um, you know, and, and – Gedeke, I think long term, I'm still obviously not out on him, but for this year, for right now, he's he's 
cooked. Like he just, he can't do it. And they, and then, you know, the other guy that they, they could maybe insert there and left guard, Brandon Walton freaking comes in on one play and gets a false start. So it was just, it was a mental errors, execution errors, coaching errors. It was everything. And, and that's what happens when, when you play down to an opponent and um, you know, it's, it, it sucks. It, it really does suck. And the offensive line sucked. I mean, even Donovan Smith allowed the, the one, the one strip sack, which Godwin, unfortunately, uh, he, he recovered it. Um, you know, Donovan Smith allowed that off the edge. Tristan Wirfs had a illegal man down the field penalty yet again, inside the red zone, which caused the bucks to punt and not punt and kick a field goal. instead of a touchdown. Um, it was just it, it it was brutal and they just they they can't get out of their own way right now and it's it was an issue the entire season really but today it was really compounded because just for some reason i mean they couldn't do anything and and you know we'll get to the rest of like the the defense and everything like that but like you know even the receivers like the, the receivers like russell gage dude catch the freaking ball like it's that ball is on you in the end zone it's a tough catch yeah. but you're making 10 million dollars like catch the ball like that's why you're here you're here to make plays like that make them like you know that ball was on you it's in in your hands and it just goes right through catch the ball like it is that's you know it's the excuse time you know oh if he's injured if you're injured then don't play you know if, if you're hurt then don't play if you're not good enough to be out there and be productive then don't play uh chris godwin i thought was good after a slow start i mean they were yeah i, I mean think, it, his first I think six they, targets they he off one catch. one of one of six yeah, yeah. they're one of six when targeting him um but i mean yeah it's like you know mike evans is completely in, invisible and that's partly due to evans not being able to beat a corner who was basically on a practice squad um he's not able to be in one-on-one and also the play calling not opening things up for mike evans to get those opportunities also brady just sometimes you know obviously we don't have the film but like there could have been times where evans was open brady decided to go somewhere else it was just completely – this is one of the worst offensive performances I've seen from them in a long time um, because, yeah, like statistically they've had worse against like the Saints and stuff like that. But the Saints – I always consider the Saints a good team. This Steelers team is not good. Yeah, I mean, one and four coming into this one. And the funny thing, too, I wanted to talk about the offensive line. Before we put a bow on it, we'll move on to the other position groups here. But context is always important, right? We can look at a bad game for this offensive line and we can say, oh, this unit is trash. Look at this interior offensive line with a rookie left guard, Robert Hainsey, a second-year center, and then Jack Mason not playing up to expectations. That's one thing. We can talk about the lack of a push on the line of scrimmage all throughout the day, and that's where you miss guys like Ryan Jensen, like Ali Marpet. It cannot be replicated because what's so funny is coming into this game, the announcers were really putting it over the Bucs offensive line was still ranked one of the highest in the league. Tom Brady, the least pressured quarterback in the league. They led the NFL as far as sacks given up. And while he didn't get, you know, blown to smithereens today, it certainly felt like it. But we talk about that major push on those third and one, the fourth and run, uh, fourth and one, where you want to commit with the quarterback sneak. That's where you feel the absence of a Ryan Jensen the most and that type of stuff. You know, we can talk about how good this offensive line is because by halftime, I almost wanted to give this O-line more credit. But there's just certain things you cannot replicate. And, uh, you know, that interior offensive line was certainly feeling it today. This team is soft right now. Um, like, and I think that's clear with the losses of um, 
of of um you know Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet, especially Ryan Jensen, because like you said, you know, the center's like the I said this a bunch, center's like the quarterback of the offensive line. You know, he sets the tone. And while I don't think, I don't believe you believe this either, like Hainsey hasn't played bad football. Like Hainsey has been decent. Like he's been okay. No, he's but he's not moments. he's not the game changer on that offensive line that right. Ryan Jensen can be. Right. I mean, Ryan Jensen's a top five, top three center in the league, and that's tough to replace. And nobody was expecting Robert Hainsey to come in there and play, you know, like a top five center. That's not fair. But like, you know, they're they're missing something right there. And it's it's evident right now. It's evident in the especially in the short yardage. I mean, they I don't know the statistics, but they have to be one of the worst short yardage teams in the entire NFL. Like They have to be because it seems like every third and one. Or third and two is just such a chore to get. It is just so difficult to get that yard. And, and right now it is, yeah, it, it's it's brutal. And um, you know, and and I think you know, uh, one person in the chat says the Steelers are bad and look like world beaters. I actually think the Steelers are so bad that this game wasn't a blowout. That's wh- how bad they show. Yeah, I like, thought if the, that, if the Steelers were better, they would have beaten the Bucks by like 17. Yeah, listen, I hate to beat a dead horse, but it looked like a game between two bad football teams. I mean, yeah. the Steelers had multiple just crucial penalties when they did not need them. It saved the drive for Tampa Bay. There was one drive where the Bucks had converted two fourth downs on a single drive. That only happened against bad football teams. And it's funny. The Steelers, because, the Steelers almost gave the ball right to the Bucks. Well, yeah, the, on the, the low snap. snap, the low <laughs> snap. D Delaney was almost there to take away from Mitch Trubisky. And it's funny because the state of the Bucks right now, it reminds me of something that was said by Trevor Sikama. This is one of my favorite quotes in the history of our podcast. This was all the way back in, oh, what was it, 2018 that they played the Packers on the road? It was a snow game yeah, in Lambeau. I think, I, think it, I think it might have been 20. It was actually, I think, 2017, I think. Yeah, we had Trevor on after that game, and he said, quote, the Bucks are bad until they're not. And uh, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the point in the season where with a 3-3 three and three record and Tom Brady is your quarterback, the Bucs are bad until they're not. Because in the wins that they've had, I know that we were super high on the win last week against the Atlanta Falcons, and this is a Falcons team that just went out and beat San Francisco today pretty handily. So safe to say they are a better team, but like the Bucks have not lived up to expectations as far as the offensive side of the uh, offensive side of the ball goes. I'm not nearly as upset with the defense this week. We'll talk about that here mm. shortly as well. Uh, listen, they played a part in what happened out there. Don't get me wrong. We'll talk about third down here in a minute, but. I mean, th- this Bucks team is is where they are, and that is a three and three record, which for a lot of people is fairly underwhelming. I had them coming out of that four game stretch two and two, but I certainly didn't think they would be three and three. No, and, and you know, Pete Payne says, but the Bucks seem worse than just bad. Well, I mean, what's worse? I don't know if they seem worse. Um, I think I mean, the Bucks yeah. are a team that, even if they played the way that they did today, they can still beat some teams in the NFL. So they're not like the worst. Yeah, but- but they're, I mean, they're, they're not winning a super Bowl. right now. Yeah. Right now they're, yeah, they're, they're a bottom seven or eight team. Like they're playing like a bottom seven right now. They are, they're, they're playing like it. And I don't think they will be that way for the entire season, but right now they are Um, $2 super chat from Mr. Bucks nation, James. Uh, thank you. Uh, also, thank you, buddy. if anybody, if anybody is tuning in from his live stream, I want to thank you for tuning in as well. Um, he said rough game. Yeah. I mean, that's a great observation. Um, but, um, 
you know, and it's not just everybody says, oh, they need Gronkowski back. They need the Arians back. They need this. They need that. It's not just one guy. It's a collection of guys. It was a collection of all those guys. Um, you know, a lot of people criticized Bruce Arians a lot during his time in Tampa. Oh, of said, course. You know, you know, like they of said, course. They, they said they were too aggressive. <laughs> there was a time. There was a time when they were like, oh, we have third and two and you're throwing the ball you know, 20 yards down the field, like incompletion. Like there was a time when that was, was the complaint. And now it is just completely flipped. And I'm not going to put this all on Todd Bowles because at the end of the day, yeah, like you got to have your team ready to play and they are out coached. That's on him. But also your team needs to execute better. Like you're not out there, you know, missing blocks or throwing incompletions or dropping balls or missing defensive assignments. Like that's, that's not on, on you. That's, that's execution. And they just, they didn't have any of that today. And if the the Steelers, like I said, the Steelers were better. The Steelers have no trouble with the Bucs at all today. And the Bucs play another, you know, inferior opponent, you would think, in the Carolina Panthers next week. But after that, I mean, the Ravens and the Rams. The Ravens and the Rams have not looked great, but they're going to steamroll you if you continue to play like this. Now, let me ask you this. We are six games in, three and three record. I know a lot of people who are going to say a lot worse than you probably will, but you know, after six weeks on the Todd Bowles method, what is your opinion on this Bucks team? Are they ultimately going to be able to turn it around in the long run? Do you think that this can be a team that shows us shades of what we have seen in 2020, 2021, where they're winning 13 games a year and potentially a Super Bowl championship? Is this team going to get back to that point? Because the pieces are there. I, I mean, they are. Um, real quick, the, the crazy shank with a two hour super chat said, prepare better. Thank you a lot, shank. Um, you know, a few weeks ago I called bowls ball coward ball and I'm sticking with that. Yeah. That take I, is his age pretty well. You know, it's, do I think, you know, that this team will be, you know, brutal as brutal to watch the rest of the year as they were today? No, but like, this offense, like, they're not going to flip the switch. Like, you know, will, will they be better? Yeah, like, they'll be better. It's it's pretty easy to be better. It's hard to be worse than you were today, I think. But um, they'll be better. But, like, the days of an explosive offense scoring 35 points, they're gone. Like, this is this team is not going to do it this year. Like, it's just – it's not happening. And maybe it's the, the misses on the offensive line with Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet. Maybe it's missing Gronkowski. Maybe it's not having Arians there. I don't know. Like, I think it's a little bit of everything. But they're just – it's not happening for this offense. Now, for the defense, I do think they've still – they've played okay. I mean, they have really had one pitiful game, and that was Kansas City. Um, but also like the, their third down defense is just awful. And if, if that doesn't improve, it won't matter how good your offense is. Even if your offense does turn around, because if you can't get off the field in third down, it doesn't matter. So do I think they're completely done? No. Like I said, they'll probably win the NFC South. I, the, the saints lost today. I know the Falcons won, but the bucks owned a tiebreaker over the Falcons. Um, and, and the, 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 the Panthers are, are in dire straits right now. So they'll probably win the NFC South, but like this team right now is not making any type of noise in the playoffs. It's not happening. Listen, just to give you some context on where the bucks are as a team right now, the NFC South is in shambles. Uh, the Panthers are not a good team. Obviously PJ Walker going to be getting the start. Going forward, the Saints lost today, as you said, plenty of injuries as well. Jameis Winston, the emergency third-string quarterback, and uh, they lost to Cincinnati today, missing all of their wide receivers as well. 
the Falcons are the Falcons. Uh, that, that's where they are. So I feel like the Bucks are a good enough team to finish things out. And just like you said, win the division. But things have, uh, you know, we have yet to see if things will improve. And we'll find out week by week here. But some of the other top playmakers on the offensive side of the ball for Tampa Bay today. Chris Godwin, after a rough start, like you mentioned, led the team in receiving six catches for 95 yards. Did not find the end zone. But the fact that he was able to bounce back at least is some silver lining for what he's able to do because that connection early on in the first half was pretty rough between TB12 and uh, Godwin. Yeah, and there was a really nice play there. Um, it wasn't the Bucks again. They kicked the field goal. But a uh, nice play over the middle where, where Godwin had a nice catch and a nice throw from Brady. Um, but, yeah, it just – you know, again, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Like it wasn't enough. Like, you know, like you're, you're Chris Godwin. Like, you know, he, I hate his role. Like I just, I, I hate the role of Russell Gage. I hate the role of Chris Godwin. Like I just, I, I hate a lot of things about this offense right now. Chris Godwin's being used as like this short yardage over the middle type guy with the occasional seam route. Like why? Like they would like where like that first play versus Dallas, the screen, like, where has that been? Like, why has that gone completely away from the playbook now? Um, you know, they, they used to be a, very creative with Chris Godwin and they're just not now. And that's what you're seeing with a lot. And I think that's the biggest issue with this offense is creativity. And ironically, that's what a lot of people said in 2020 and 2021. Oh, the Bucks offense isn't creative. And, you know, that's why this and that. Well, you know, they had the talent to overcome that right antonio brown he's a head case he's a better player than russell gage like he was a better football player than russell gage so they had an upgrade at wide receiver three they had a clear upgrade at tight end with rob gronkowski kate Otten had a really nice catch today but he's obviously he's not rob gronkowski and then nick uh nick Leverett, uh robert hainsey and luke gedicke are not ryan jensen and ali morpet that's that's the difference right there. So they don't have as much talent on the offensive side. And now that they don't have that talent, the scheme is not working like it's it's not. And it's it hasn't changed drastically. I don't think like you're not going to rip a, open an entire playbook in an offseason, but. Like there, there's been clear changes and none of them have really worked. They're trying to be this really good running football team. Here's the thing. You suck at running the ball. Like you're not good at it. So why are you continuing to try and beat a dead horse? It doesn't work. Like why? Like it doesn't make any sense. They were down eight with running like a, with, in like five minutes and they're running the ball. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? Inside handoff, inside handoff, hurry up offense. Uh, just not the time or the place, and that's going to leave a lot of people scratching their heads as well. Just a quick injury update from the offense, in particular that tight end room. Starting tight end Cam Bright left today's game with what looked like a concussion, which is a scary sight after he left last week's game uh, with a concussion, as or didn't play last week, left the week before against Kansas City with a concussion. He came back this week and had to be stretchered off, so they put him on the cart, took him away. The latest update we have is that it is a neck injury. Not sure the capacity that it's going to keep him out going forward i have to assume it's going to be a long-term injury but obviously prayers up for cam Brate. kind of a scary sight out there today but i mean maybe some more doors for kate otten to continue to get involved because a lot of people were curious why he didn't get the start over cam Brate today and you know he's he's kind of shown us a little bit more at that tight end position so far this season yeah and obviously you know that's you know, the health of Cameron Braid's bigger than football. So um, it's good that, you know, he has movement in all his extremities. Um, 
and he was able to, you know, as he was getting carted off, put up a thumb. So that's obviously bigger than anything that's happening on the football field right now. So that's that's good news that, you know, it seems to be okay. Like you said, he just having a neck injury. You know, he's obviously he'll be out for a little bit, I'm sure. Um, after missing last week, really sucks that that this happened to him. But um, you know, yeah, it's a it's a shame, but glad that you know he's able, he's conscious and and conscious, and he's able to 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 move all all of his extremities. That that's the best news there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hoping for his health going forward. Now, some other things I want to get your thoughts on from this game against Tampa Bay. Let's talk about the defensive side of the football because realistically, I can rattle off some stats for you. Uh, from the box score here for the guys on the offense. But just like you said, it does not really matter. Too little, too late for some of the guys who were able to catch the ball. Um, I mean, aside from the offense, you know, pulling teeth to try and get a touchdown, what did you make of the defense today? I said I wasn't nearly as upset with them as I am with the offense after this one, but you certainly still have some thoughts. Here's the thing. I was going to come on here, and I was going to say this isn't on the defense, you know, like – at the end of the day, if the offense didn't score touchdowns in the red zone, they didn't do that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, until the final drive, when you have a chance to give the ball back to your offense and Pittsburgh has a third and 16 that is converted and a third and 11 that is converted. Yeah, I mean, that that's just inexcusable. That is embarrassing. Two of them on the same drive. Trevor Sikkema tweeted out, in the second half, the Bucks defense faced a third and 11, third and 15, third and 13, third and 15. The Steelers converted every single one. That is pitiful. I don't care who you are. So to me, you know, what I thought was a decent day for the defense, besides the lack of turnovers, was just negated by that. Because you can't, you, you, you didn't even give, yes, your offense didn't do, do enough to support you. That is for sure. But you also didn't give your offense a chance at the end of the ball game to go and kick the game with a field goal. You didn't even let them get the ball back. And it's not because, oh, you know, oh, they dominated on first down and they had third and twos. No, they had two third and longs with Mitch Trubisky that were both converted. And, you know, the, the, the third and 11, great play. You know, great play by Claypool. You know, I give them a little bit of credit there. They're still an opponent trying, trying to do it. But, like it's still inexcusable. Like it can't happen, and it did. And so, any goodwill that the defense had with me today is pretty much gone because to me, they were almost, almost not quite, but they were almost as big of a reason for this loss as the offense was. It, uh, man, oh man, yeah, it was like a rib to to kind of start the season. I mean, even last year a little bit, I felt like we talked about it to where it's They've death, always been bad at. Death, taxes, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers giving up a long third down. But at the end of the day, just like you said, last drive of the game, you have enough time on the clock to go out there and just impose your will and get off of the field. I mean, the bad snap from Mitch Trubisky, the Bucs are faced with third and fucking 16. I mean, third and 16. That is third and a mile for a team that has not been able to execute on the offensive side of the ball. Now with their backup quarterback in play, Chase Claypool is one hell of a player. But you got to do your job. Like, you got to go out there and you got to put your team in a position to win. And they, they choked. Yeah, they choked on that final drive of the game. I will agree with you on that. That was pathetic. And it actually, it really pissed me off. That was on, on that third and 16. Yes. Okay. Claypool, you know, can't get that open. However, zero pass rush. 
Zero. Trubisky sat and, back and there and was all and had all day to look and find somebody. That can't happen. And it sounds like, well, sounds like, and it seems like that's when our pass rush disappears is third and long, third and 15, third and 16. When these teams should have little to no chance to convert and move the chains, they usually find a way. Usually it's by passing the football, and usually it's because the pressure cannot get there whatsoever, and their quarterback has a whole minute and a half to figure out who he's going to throw the ball to. Yeah, it just that was that was pitiful, and you know it's just, I it, it's it sucks because like I said, I didn't think the defense had the worst day. Um, they gave they held the Steelers to three right to start off the second half after the long kickoff return. Also, props to Jamel Dean for the hustle. Um, for that hustle play. I thought Jamel Dean was fantastic today. Uh, I thought Carlton Davis was up and down. He had the really nice pass breakup on, on uh, third down. Yeah, that was critical. Um, that was a, a big-time pass breakup. But um, it is it is just it, – it's a shame because, like I said, I thought the defense did a decent job. Not great. They could have forced turnovers. This offense – the Steelers' offense was pitiful. Their offensive line sucks. You could have gotten more pressure. But um, they just didn't. Like they did, like I said, any good grace that they had with me was gone. And honestly, the third and 11 wasn't even a thing. It was that third and 16. I mean, yeah, that was be, what lost you the game. It, it wasn't mean, even. Yeah. If, if you if you give a defense, you know, 10 opportunities at a third and 16 and say, get, you know, get a stop. You know, how many times is the offense converting that against the, you know, an average NFL defense once, twice, maybe three times at most like that is just that is inex- and especially it's not like this was the second quarter. I mean, this was it. Like you realize the momentum that you might have had. You just scored a touchdown. You almost got the ball off a fumble and you would have got out the field right away and given the ball back to your offense with decent field position. The amount of momentum that you would have had and to get zero penetration on, on the offensive line, zero pass rush on the quarterback and to allow Chase Claypool to be that open was absolutely pitiful. It was an embarrassment and that is inexcusable for Todd Bowles' defense who has played, you know, great today. They didn't do their job, and the mod- nobody did. The moderator David Cardona says, "I haven't been de- uh, I haven't been this down for a loss since Coach Wanish lost the King of the Wing challenge all the way back uh, in 2020." So I that's appreciate how, it. That's how you know David sees a real one man. He's a moderator for a reason. We truly appreciate your support. Thinking of brighter days now, of course. But let's talk a little bit more about this defense and the lack of pass rush. There is one guy that a lot of people have uh, had some questions for. He is in the hot seat. That is edge rusher Shaq Barrett. He uh, he made some comments the week of the Kansas City game, and it seems like he has paid for that ever since. He almost made a play today, but just was not able to make the tackle. Antoine Winfield had to kind of cover for him on that. But outside of that, seems like he's been a little absent. Oh, he has been. I mean, he played really well versus Dallas. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, Shaq Barrett has not been good. Like, you know, like he, he just hasn't like Joe trying to has outplayed him this year. And a lot of people have been criticizing Joe trying to Um, JTS, another, nice another big play, play from JTS today. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he, man. He had a nice play today on that end around, got off that block and made the tackle. Um, but you know, it, that well, it set up a third long that I'm sure was converted. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think that Shaq Barrett just, he gets to me and, and it's weird. Because some pass rushers are like this, but some aren't. I think Shaq's one of the biggest examples. Shaq is very streaky um, as, a, as a pass rusher. And you get that in, in hockey with goal scorers. You get that in baseball with, you know, 
hitters and stuff. You know, a, a guy who hits 30 home runs in a season might also strike out, you know, 10 times in a row. And you're like, this dude can't hit nothing. But then he'll hit, you know, three home runs in four games. Well, look at, I mean, look at New York fans booing Aaron <laughs> Judge, this same Aaron Judge who yeah. just hit 62 home runs. Yeah, it is, I mean, is kind of wild. Streaky. They're streaky. And I think Shaq Barrett is a very, very streaky pass rusher. When he gets his sacks, he normally gets them in bunches. He doesn't have one sack here, one and a half sacks here, then two sacks the next week. It don't go like that. A lot of times it's two sacks in this game, one and a half in this game, and then it'll disappear for a little bit. And then it'll be two and a half in this game, and then two in this game, and it'll disappear for a little bit. It'll be one and a half in this game. You know, he's very streaky like that. And right now, he is just on a tremendous cold streak. It is... It is crazy, and they need him. They they, they need him because uh, you, you can't keep blitzing. And honestly, they didn't even blitz a ton today. They didn't send – a lot of times when they were blitzing, they only sent one. Uh, they sent one extra guy, which I don't mind, but uh, it, it's just – yeah, nobody's doing their job right now, especially on the defensive line. We talked about it for a little bit now. Um, you know, and it's just it, – it sucks, and – another a big reason why they, they lost today and it wasn't the reason um because they did get some sacks they did get some pressure but it wasn't consistent enough and also wasn't in big enough spots and that that's why you know you can't get up the field in third down yeah i know it's hard to find silver lining in a loss like this but i do want to give a shout out to carl nassib i thought he had one of his better games of the season so far today he had back to pack pressures on that one drive and then the pass breakup you know he kind of showed why he's a higher motor guy today a rotational depth piece no, he didn't change the game or, or you know, break things at the line of scrimmage for Tampa Bay, but uh, he's proven his worth, and, and that's what you like to see from a rotational guy like that. Any more thoughts on this Buccaneers defense? I know they were going into this game missing some pieces. Mike Edwards, obviously not out there. Logan Ryan, who's been more of a special teams presence, was not out there as well. And then Sean Murphy Bunting was also on the inactive list. But uh, any other takeaways you have? Yeah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think the secondary played awful. Um, I actually thought the secondary coming into the game, I thought the secondary might have a little bit more trouble because I like the Steelers wide receiver group. It's a very frustrating one for a lot of Steelers fans because they're very inconsistent, but I really like their group. Um, but I, I didn't think the secondary was awful. Like I said, it was a weird game for the defense because up until if that last drive never happens. It's, it's, you, know, you can't even really be mad because it's, no, you know, you look at the like, offense like, not eh, giving them any help. Yeah. All we would be talking about right now is is the offense. Like that is all we would be talking about right now. It's how they only scored twelve points uh, against against this team. Like um, that is the only thing that that we would be talking about right now. And unfortunately, it's not. Oh, I'm sorry, not twelve points, eighteen. Um, unfortunately, it, it's not. And that that last drive is the big reason for that. And it's just when you have a chance to get off the field, despite your offense being terrible. Right. Despite your offense being terrible all day, they deserve the chance to go back out there and your defense didn't give it to them. Um, and it just it, it sucks. And uh, but honestly, you know, if the Bucks would have this was very similar to me to, to the Jets game last year uh, where they were able to pull it out. But it was really close down to the wire. Um, the, the you know, the uh, the Bucks didn't deserve to win this game. You know, if, if they would have. Um, won the game, sure, you know, wins a win, whatever, but like, he didn't play well enough. You know, this, this Steelers team was terrible and they they were missing so many guys and the Bucks were missing some guys too, but like, they didn't play well enough to win this game. So even though you win, you might not deserve it and they didn't deserve to win. 
Um, you know, I, I think they deserve to win last week. They played well enough, but like, you know, there, there's been a couple times, you know, like in the past few years, even where like, yeah, maybe they didn't deserve the win, but they did. You know, the Jets game last year was a one. Uh, maybe you didn't deserve the win, but you did. Uh, and this year, this time, it just it did not happen. And um, yeah, it's it's inexcusable. And now every single player, every single coach, they all have to really look themselves in the mirror because a loss next week is is a season ender. Yeah, a, lo- a loss next week and you will not make the playoffs. I I, I guarantee you, you're not making the playoffs. So you, you you'd be three and four after two straight losses to two bad football teams. You're not making the playoffs. Like, yeah, it's, it's not happening. Tampa Bay now losers of their last three out of four games. So not ideal with a three and three record here, uh, headed into a divisional game next week. As we look at some other guys on the defense, I wanted to get your thoughts on. Um, Man, I guess just everything as a whole. Like, I, sucks. it kind of, it kind of sucks. I'm, I'm really trying to find some silver lining here, and I know There's context. Nothing. There's no context is always important. But the thing that I think about, and I know I just mentioned the defense, but I want to talk about the offense a little bit more. The thing that I think about is that if you would have came into this, and you know, let's say the Bucks win, even if they lose, if you would have said, "Oh, the offense has struggled." Okay, that that's not really breaking news to anybody by this point in the season. Week six, week seven, you're starting to have some more stability with NFL teams. You're starting to see a little more blatantly what a clear strength and weakness of a football team is right now. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this offense not scoring points in the red zone is one thing. But, I mean, coming into this game, with Pittsburgh missing their entire starting secondary a lot of people expected the Bucs to uh, at least put up a little bit more than 18 points. And I mean, with the trips to the red zone that they had and the lack of points, you're talking about potential, you know, 14, 21 points that are left out on the field because you have to settle for field goals after the fact. But I mean, where are we at? You know what I mean? Like, where are we at? Yeah. And, and, Real quick, the people say, "Oh, trade, trade, trade everybody." They need to. Go yeah, what have you? What have you got to say to for the people guy. that are saying, "Fire Leftwich, fire Todd Bowles," you know, fire cool. these people, fire this guy? I definitely don't feel like that's the answer since we are so fully enveloped into this thing the way that we are. Yeah, well, for one, you're not going to get your wish. <laughs> um, so even if even if even if there was like you know even if I agreed with you, like you're not going to get your wish. Like that's not going to happen. Uh, at least not this year. Um, and also like yeah, they're they're not going to be trading pieces at the deadline. They're not going to be selling uh, pieces at the deadline. Um, don't know if they'll be buying anything. I, I don't I don't expect them to be particularly strong buyers. And I mean NFL trade deadline is kind of a joke anyway. But um, you know, I, it's, that's not, you know, like that, that's not going to happen. Um, but I mean, you know, as, as far as like the offense goes and like the red zone, yeah. Like the Bucks scheme, we always talk about, Oh, their scheme. They're not scheme to get guys open. They're scheme for guys to beat their one-on-one matchups. Okay. Then why can't Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and Russell Gage who are making combined a lot of money, like a lot of money they're making. Why can't they beat these guys one-on-one? Like, why can't they, 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 like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why can't, if, if it's truly, you know, they have to win our one-on-one battles. Okay. Why are they not doing it? Like, why are they not doing it? And it was a combination of sometimes Brady did have time. There was nobody open, you know, other times he misfired, you know, like I said, I didn't think he played a great game. Um, and then other times he just didn't have time. So, you know, and obviously I haven't seen the tape. I don't know, but um, it just, yeah. 
it, it, it is it is frustrating and i think you know with a, a team with this much talent like the bucks are still if you're talking pure talent the bucks are still one of the most probably a top five talented team in the nfl however like talent can only get you so far the results matter and what's on that field matters and right now they ain't playing like it so it doesn't matter how talented you are if it doesn't result in wins and right now it's not for them so and even their wins are struggles like their wins are not easy to come by so honestly you know they'll probably beat the panthers next week but like it's not gonna be not gonna be a blowout like why why should i expect it to be a blowout like there's no evidence that tells me that this team is going to just go in and it'll be an easy win. There's no evidence of that. So yeah, it'll probably be a, a, a you know a grinded out type game. So they'll play '90s football like they love to do. Execution certainly a factor for this uh, Tampa Bay team. And as we look at their record, three and three, a humbling loss in Pittsburgh. I think is a good you way hope. to put it because when you've got guys like Devin White saying after the Atlanta game that oh they just got bored on defense of imposing their will and may or may not have let those guys back in the game. I know maybe what he was trying to say was we need to learn how to stay aggressive for all four quarters, but that's just not the way you go about it. And if that's the mentality of some other guys in the locker room, then hopefully a game like this is a reality check because the fact of the matter is, like you said, three and three record with a division opponent next week. If you go to three and four, that's tough because I just do not see a way for this team to start three and four and then finish the rest of the year only losing one game like that. That's not ideal, but uh, obviously we still have some time to figure things out. This is not the end. We are not waving the white flag by any means. I don't want people to get that impression, but things are not ideal in Tampa Bay right now. And things obviously have to be figured out between now and next week's game against Carolina. One more thing I wanted to touch on before we kind of wrap things up here. We talked a lot about the offense and the defensive side of the ball. Let's talk about special teams. Uh, Jalen Darden was garbage today. He was bad. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Why is he so scared to catch the ball? I, I mean, like, the Bucks lost yardage on multiple punts because he would not come up and field the ball. And there were other situations where I was shouting at my television because it seemed like he had nothing but daylight and blockers on one yeah, side the of the one, field. I, yeah. And he took the wrong lane. And it happened more than one time. Because, listen, I'm not saying that, you know, we're not Jalen Darden stands on the show. He hasn't blown oh. anyone away with this returning job. But today he was especially bad. Yeah, he he was terrible today. Like I've defended him a lot in the past, but yeah, like he's just so indecisive. And like as a returner, you just can't be that way, especially when that's your only role. Like he doesn't play any type of role for them as a receiver. Like when it, that is your only role, you have to be better at it. And he's just not. Um, I thought Jake Camaro was okay. Um, he was definitely up and down. Um, I honestly the special teams coverage early on was decent. Like it was actually pretty good. Coke Keith made a couple of nice, yeah, huge tackle teams. to start the game. That got me um, going. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously the, the, the punt you know, or the kickoff return to start that to start the second half. I mean, you want to talk about setting the tone right there. Deflation. You kick, field, you kick a field goal right before halftime. You score points. You're down one. All right. And then just, I mean, come on, like you gotta be better than that. So, um, I mean, you hope it was a humbling loss. Uh, week five versus Chicago 2020 was a big-time humbling loss. Uh, you know, last year versus Washington was a little bit of a humbling loss. Uh, I know they didn't win at all, and, like, they didn't go on the run like they did versus Chicago uh, in 2020. But, you know, like, yeah, like, they won their next few games after after that, you know, after that Washington loss. But they were in a slump. 
You know, oh, that, that was the talk of the town is that they were coming off of the bye week against that uh, Washington team. And like nobody expected them to lay an egg like they did. And then when you're losing games and you're losing games and you pick one up here every now and again, but you do lose games. You know, when you're in a position where you have lost three of your last four, that's all people are going to talk about until you can win some more games. Right. And real quick, let's just get this one. We don't know Tom Brady's personal life. Okay. No, none of us know. However, you said Tom was in NYC for a wedding last night. Didn't get into Pittsburgh until 5 a.m. One, hey, we opened the, the we opened the show. I told you we're going to get out ahead of it because people are going to want to talk about it. One, one, the wedding was on Friday night, so that's wrong. Okay, it wasn't Saturday night, and he since he spent Saturday reportedly again. We don't know this for sure. Reportedly spending time with his son, who lives in New York. So, I I get. I promise you, I, the least of my concerns is Tom Brady missing a walkthrough. That's not why the Bucks couldn't score in the red zone. Like, I promise you, that is not why the Bucks couldn't score in the red zone. That's not it. So you can create the juicy storylines all you want, but, like, that's not the reason. They just didn't play well. That's the reason. Like, why can't that be as simple? Like, why does it always have to be something else? Like, no, they just played like garbage. Like, that, that's it, why listen, they didn't score in the red zone. Listen, buddy, that's what happens when Tom Brady is your quarterback. When, you know, when your team dominates the news cycle day in and day out and people who don't usually watch your team decide to start watching your team who may not always watch football, everyone's going to have an opinion. And here we are where when the Bucks lose, it isn't just because of execution errors. There are always ulterior motives as to why this team lost. And there's always some drama between Brady and the head coach or Brady and this season taking time away from the team. It is what it is. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three and three. And this quote from Todd Bowles, I think, is a perfect way to wrap things up here on this week's recap show. He said, quote, I think guys who are living off of the Super Bowl are living in a fantasy land. Todd Bowles said, uh, saying the Bucs need to stop listening to old praise and fix their mistakes in a hurry. Quote via Greg Allman over on Twitter. A great follow if you don't follow him already. So this is where we're at. Uh, th- th- there really is no sugarcoating it. The Bucs are a bad football team until they're not. And uh, with a three and three record, a chance to bounce back against a bad team next week in the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I, you, had, you had a bad team. You had a worse team this week. The Steelers are worse than the Panthers. That's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. But I, I know we had talked about Kansas City being the outlier for the Buccaneers defense. Hopefully this game against Pittsburgh can be an outlier for the season as the Buccaneers obviously look to bounce back and uh, still fight for the top seed in the NFC. Because I know at 3-3, three and three, I hate to say it, you might scoff, but with the state of the NFC and, and Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers losing to the Jets today, oh, I the, feel like the anything... NFC, the NFC is rough. NFC like, is cooked. There is a way. Team. There is still a light at the end of the tunnel where the Bucs could be the one seed in the NFC, and that's uh, saying no, something. No. They're not catching Philly. I don't think they're um, gonna. I don't think they're gonna play like a team down the stretch to catch Philly. I don't think Philly's gonna be this good all year, though. I think they're gonna. I, I think they're gonna. Mm, they're gonna run out of steam. Philly's legit. Um, but um, the baseball team is too. Uh, but uh, <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> had to throw it in there. Go Phils. Um, any but like you know, yeah, the NFC is 
not good. Like the Vikings won. So I think the Vikings are actually first in the North right now. I don't think the Packers are. Uh, yeah, the Packers just lost two straight to the Giants and to the Jets, both New York teams. They look awful. Um, they, they, That's so they, funny, they man. The Bucks, they beat the Bucks by two when the Bucks didn't have any of their top three receivers, and they only beat the Bucks by two. Um, yeah, they don't, they don't look good at all. They're not scary. Honestly, I'm still not a huge believer in Dallas. And the Giants being 5-1, I'll tell you, it's starting to impress me. Um, but it is starting to impress me. It's legit. I, I mean, listen, dude, they beat the Ravens today. Yeah, you know, Lamar I mean, Jackson the and the Ravens. I I bet on the Ravens today. I I was questioning if Brian Day or uh, yeah, I was questioning if the Giants were for real. And yeah, here they are. I mean, you know, they they might be decent. Um, I still have questions about their quarterback and their <laughs> roster. Just, their roster just isn't very good. Like that that's the crazy thing. Um, but. Yeah, like the NFC is still. If you're looking for one silver lining, and like I don't, I hate to do this, but like, yeah, oh, like I NFC, hate being NFC positive. Sucks. Listen to Evan over here. Well, I hate no, being because positive. they don't, they don't deserve it today. Like, why do they deserve it? Like, I'll take why it. do, why do they deserve any positivity today? Like, they don't. So, um, yeah, I think there, there's legit one good team in the NFC right now, and it's the Eagles. Other than that. Like the 49ers lost today. The Rams lost to the 49ers a few weeks ago. Like it's just, it's none of it looks good. It's just, it's so crazy how the NFC just looks so weak right now. Um, you know, and like, I, I do think the one seed's out of the question, but like, it, yeah, like the Bucks could get the two seats still. Like it's not, it's not crazy. Um, but like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. And how they respond next week will tell you a lot about this team. And it'll tell you what the rest of the season is going to be in store. Um, if they go out and win a football game and maybe not do it in a blowout fashion, but do it in convincing fashion. Okay. Maybe they're able to write the ship, but if they go out and play uninspired football, play with a, with a lack of, you know, urgency and hustle and creativity you can probably pack this season up regardless if they win or lose if you only beat the panthers by one point and you just escape them it don't matter like that's sure it's a win but like everybody can see through that like like that's not special um so like yeah how you respond next week is a big tell for how the rest of the season is going to go it's a huge tell NFC seeding hopes obviously going to be on the line every game throughout the rest of the season. We'll keep you updated with all of that and more, but that's just about going to do it for this week's recap episode of the cannon fire podcast. The next time we talk to you guys, it'll be tomorrow. We'll be joined by former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, Sean King. We'll get his insight from the game and we'll look ahead even towards uh, the division battle next week against the Carolina Panthers. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of box news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram, Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Check out his written work at BucksNation.com. How do uh how do those staff picks look this week? I'm kind of curious about that. Uh, I don't think any of them are gonna look good. No, <laughs> no, especially mine because mine was um I predicted that both Rashad White and Kate Otten would have a touchdown. Kate Otten was so close to having a touchdown too, dude. Um, but I, I predicted that both of them would have a touchdown, and I predicted Logan Hall would get a sack. So it was, I was like, oh, it's gonna be like a big day for the rookies. So mine was way off, and I'm sure most of our I I don't remember all of them, but I'm sure most of these staff picks were were way off. Nah, that's all right. You live to fight another day, and uh, same same could be said for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this point in the season. Last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, you can find myself 
Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. We'll talk to you later on this week. Once again, joined by former Bucks quarterback Sean King. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thanks for watching, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 